Saturday Night Live with Fred Armisen is over, but we're just getting started here on the Saturday Night Live post-show recap here on postshowrecaps.com. And now, here are the two guys with approval ratings higher than Chris Christie's pants. I'm Rob Sister, and here's Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? I'm good. I can't believe it. We're here at the season finale. It seems like it went so quickly. It really did, uh, but it's done. What? How many episodes this season? What, 22? 20. No, 20. 20 episodes 20, this year. Okay. Yes. Well, it was a lot. And uh, 21. I'm sorry. 21. I'm sorry. I thought it was a fun final episode of the season hosted by Fred Armisen this weekend. Yes. Yes. We're going out on a high note here this season. So excited to uh, talk about all that. Of course, we are live right now here on blab.im talking about the show. And we got some questions about the finale. And then uh, let's go ahead and uh, put this season to bed, talking about the final episode of the season. Also, James Keast will join us in a little bit to talk about the music from the finale. But Rich, how are you doing? I'm good. Just back from a week vacation. Uh, Genevieve and I were up in the mountains of Idlewild. It was very nice. What do you do up there? Nothing. And that's the point. Yeah. You get good internet up there? Uh, No, except for the Higher Grounds Cafe, which had a nice uh, 50 meg per second connection. The rest of it, very bad. And what do do you read? What do you what do you do up there a uh, little bit of writing a lot of eating a little bit of walking around in the woods and the nature and the just kind of relaxing be careful walking around in the woods yeah <laughs> no, we didn't do a lot of that well, yeah you guys are like a regular lewis and clark <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh let's uh let's start to talk about the uh, fred armison episode and we didn't really know what to expect we had a lot of predictions i think we were off on just about everything what were you thinking going in rich Well, and I was going to say something exactly to your point. I think that we talked here and also talking on Twitter and even just talking anecdotally with friends. I think that we all had very clear expectations of what this episode was going to be. And here's the thing about SNL. One of SNL's great tools that it has in its arsenal that it rarely uses is the element of surprise. And I think that it was used so effectively here, this episode, where was everything, it was every sketch a winner? No. But so much of it was good and so much of it was not Garth and Cat, not Nicholas Fane, not, you know, uh, not all the things that it was not the Californians. uh, It was not Donald Trump in a cold open. So it was a really nice sort of like surprise of just, oh, they really I felt like made a concerted effort to break expectations. We saw cameos, but not necessarily the people we thought we would see or doing the things we thought they would be doing, which created a great energy. Um, and so I think that it worked really well. And and also, as we'll talk about through the thing, as I've often said, I think SNL is at its best when it feels like we're attending a party. And I feel like from the from the live from New York to Saturday night to the weird Greg Ullman band uh, finale at the end, last sketch of the night, it absolutely felt like we were at a party with 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 guests, with surprises, with high energy, with a lot of laughter, uh, a number of people breaking over the course of the episode. Uh, and I felt like what a way to go out was with the with SNL sort of being at the party of Saturday Night Live. OK, all right. Let's get into the party, the big uh, Fred Armisen season finale. And so the first sketch was the bar sketch. We have Hillary Clinton at the bar. And my mind first went back to the season premiere from season 41, where it was talked about, I think, for a couple of weeks leading up to that where it was going to be, oh, Hillary is going to be on SNL in the season premiere. And we had where Hillary Clinton was at the bar 
And then the real Hillary Clinton was the bartender serving her. And I see Hillary Clinton at the bar. I think that that's where we're going at first. Uh, but that is not where SNL, this sketch, this sketch is going. Were you thinking that same sort of thing? I did. I mean, it felt like it, it felt like the same setup as far as we had that, you know, it was not the cold open when Hillary showed up, but it was a bar sketch. And it was that exact idea uh, that Hillary comes in and then the real Hillary playing Barbara, I think, uh, as the bartender. So I, I thought it was the same thing. It also had the same feel of a classic, uh, you know, 1250 sketch uh, O'Donnelly's when uh, when, uh, you know, the, the last to at the bar end up making out so it was a weird sort of the bartender exactly so it it almost had that feeling as well so uh definitely sort of off my game as far as where is this going interesting yeah and so we pull back to see uh here's larry david one more time as bernie sanders and this did feel like that this was the saying goodbye to season 41 which was the season of of larry david on snl yeah this was i mean for 21 episodes this was larry's fourth appearance this season he had three cameos, including this one, and uh, hosted uh, episode 12 himself. So this absolutely felt like the... It was only three pre- other times besides when he hosted? I think so, yeah. I think I, I counted. I may have missed one, but I'm mm. pretty sure episodes three, episode four, he hosted 12, and then again in 15. So I, I may have missed one, but I, I, I'm sorry, 15. Oh, I'm sorry. And this one is 21, so that would okay. be five, including this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I meant four, four prior times. Uh, so, yeah. So, and I felt like this was the... We're probably not going to see Bernie Sanders again in such a notable position. So let's sort of say goodbye to the character in a very loving way. And I thought this was super well done. I really enjoyed this. And really, the Larry David all over season 41. I mean, compared to the uh, John Radnitsky. Uh, I mean, Larry David has, you know, featured player Larry David this season. I think you're right. I think he did get more screen time than John. Like not even like joking yeah. around. Like he really. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. No, did. really. I mean, I mean, he showed up in three sketches tonight, which was, you know, some of it throwaway. But, you know, Larry was Larry was there. He wasn't a do the cold open and, and get a town car out of there. He was there for the night. Yeah. Okay. So I thought this was a lot of fun. This sketch in terms of the <laughs> the interplay between Hillary and Bernie's from when Bernie is saying he's not going to go home and the bar is closing. Uh, right. Just the back and forth uh, between them talking about when he had said uh, nobody cares about her emails. How stupid that was. Uh, her line about how I don't normally like humor, but that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all uh, really, really uh, well written uh, material between the two of them. Yeah, I like when she when she said, you know, how, you know, how, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to offer you a position. How would you feel about being senator of Vermont? I thought that was really funny. And I like when they sort of when she talks about the pivot and he starts doing the classic Seinfeld. Like I saw the pivot. I'm not a fan of the pivot. Not a big pivot. And even though it didn't get a laugh, I love that she's like. Why do you keep saying pivot? That was a very fun commentary. I like that a lot. I liked when they're both sort of like laughing about it. it's so rigged. It's so, it's so rigged. Yeah, it's so rigged. And I loved after he he does his little secret about wanting to be a billionaire, which was cute when she's like, I'll, I'll tell you a secret that I I haven't told about. I really want it. I was just great. McKinnon. It was really fun. And her whole bit like I don't like people. And, and just, you know, that whole thing was very fun. Yeah. And so then I was a little unclear of where it was going in terms of the dancing. And they danced and waltzed uh, out in front of the stage and down the hallway to ultimately uh, we had the whole cast behind them, which was, uh, you know, this whole big set piece. And ultimately Hillary puts Bernie on the elevator and pushes uh, the button down. 
uh, which I thought was a very fun send off to the character. Yeah. And I love again, this is sort of the party energy. You clearly can't do it every week, but I like we're breaking the fourth wall. We're getting off the stage We're you know, we're at home base with the with the jazz or, you know, string quartet and then dancing. And you can see the audience and sort of fun with that. We get a quick little Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton cameo. So yeah. I just I think this is such a great way to sort of kick off the season finale. It's like this is a live television show done in a very small New York studio and we're just going to have fun with it. And then having the whole cast, you know, it was a throw. I, I think that the them sort of greeting them was really just an excuse so that the entire season 41 cast could yell live from New York at Saturday night. I thought that was really great. Yeah, I don't want to skip over Daryl Hammonds as Clinton. Really, only like uh, maybe two appearances prior to this as Bill Clinton. Now, it, we we joke around about this, but like after Daryl Hammonds does the introductions, if he does them live, which I think it's still, he still no, doesn't so. taped, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, does he just go home after the monologue? Like, is that what he's doing? I think so. I mean, he really almost never stays. He sometimes stays for the good nights, but he almost never does. I mean, I don't know. Did we, have we seen him in a sketch? past the monologue the entire season mm, nothing comes to mind i can't think of anything now yeah so uh just kind of an interesting note i don't know if he's just yeah. like i got all right i'm out oh, okay um yeah. but that being said okay so let's let's get into uh fred armison and the monologue which is a healthy monologue probably the longest in season 41 right this was a lot there were some but this was a long monologue the actual sort of one man show was i think over five and a half minutes which mm-hmm. is very long for a monologue you know it, you know setting this up you know that he's going to do a one man show and i just he started you know it, it sort of felt like this is the nicholas fane of monologues like the the bad intention you know, and then I realized, I'm like, what do I know this before? You might remember from 2011, there was a pre-tape sketch that 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 he had done called "Live from New York." No, I'm sorry, what was it called? It was called oh, it was called a uh, half Jewish, half Italian, completely neurotic. It was mm. Tom Tommy Palmisi's one man show from 2011, yeah. and it was a lot of things like the New York Times says it's over four hours, and it was just like, and so it, this was basically that redone. Even some of the voices that he was doing was effectively the voices that he had been doing in that 2011 bet. And this is the kind of thing that I should hate everything about this. It's sort of, it's like, it's so bad. It's funny. Kind of comedy is very rarely something that appeals to me, but boy, I just, I, I, even the second time it really made me laugh clearly a little long. We, we really probably could have shaved off a good 30 seconds to a minute, but in general, I really liked it. I thought it was very funny. I did like how, you know, he really did take his time with it. I, oh, I like yeah. the, the mention of uh, the critics think this part is too, is way too, is way too long. Yeah. <laughs> so he acknowledged it. It yeah. did seem very familiar. I do recall that sketch that you're talking about the one man show. Uh, what what were some of the standout moments from this for you, Rich? Um, you know, I I like that you know he does the bit with the audience member, which sort of sets her up for the no win situation when he's saying, uh, "What we say is this a dream? Is this a dream? Is this a dream?" And then she finally answers, "You ruined it." I thought that was funny, and mm-hmm. I love just the weird every cast member 
that has ever been on SNL does a bad uh, Lauren Michaels impression. And so I love when it's Lauren Michaels and he does the most ridiculous voice that isn't even close to him. I thought yeah, that was very easy. I thought that was very funny. I thought that was really good. Uh, and I, you know, as someone who now does a lot of storytelling and is at the moth on a regular basis, the whole idea when the when the guy's like, hey, funny Freddy at the very end. And he goes, what proud are you? It was such a very fun joke to the sort of syrupy, uh, you know, wrapping up with a bow kind of storytelling of, of, of many one man shows. So yeah. a lot about it. I liked I probably a lot of with the lights down, lights up again, lights down. I, I maybe would have cut it before that because uh, I think he had a lot of uh, energy going, but still uh, very fun. Okay, so then let's get to our first live sketch, which is the uh, Lewis and Clark reenactment in front of the classroom. Okay, and uh, I, I this is probably uh, one of the sketches that I saw the uh, most criticism about. Yeah, I, I would say I would say this was probably one of my least favorite sketches of the night. Not that it was bad necessarily, but I think this was one of my least favorite. You know, when we start out and we meet the community players, it, it had the same feel of the one man show, you know, uh, you know, live from New York. I did Saturday night or, you know, whatever it was Saturday's that we just right. had. Yeah, that's right. I did Saturday's right. Uh, so I, I thought it was going there. Uh, and we've had a lot of school things, you know, you know, in the past, this sort of takes takes a weird turn. I will say at least the weird turn of clearly it's it's the it's Lewis and Clark uh, specifically Lewis trying to have a threesome. They got to that very quickly, which was good in some of the later sketches. It was equally good how long it took to get to the turn. I don't think that this before we got there had the legs. So I was glad that we just sort of got to it quickly. Um, and then just silly, dumb, fun kind of stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, I see that Patrick in the chat room says that Pete saved it. I did see that, that uh, people uh, really enjoyed Pete Davidson as the kid in the class. I thought that 80 was also very funny in her take that uh, that she thought that this was breathtaking and this was really fantastic. Instead of trying to shut it down, I thought that was a funny turn for her character to take. And I, I tell you, and I actually really like Sashir in a small way in this. I thought that she I thought that Sashir does good at sort of indignant straight person in a scene, kind of the mm-hmm. incredulous straight person. Very small role, but did a very good job. And I thought every, I like that they call Sakajui a Sakajo. I don't that just odd, you know, sort of reference to that. Uh, you know, Fred starts to break early on this as he's reading the cue cards. He's definitely gets a case of the giggles. Um, I liked and I like uh, I liked Cecily's uh, commitment to the bad actress doing a native american with that Mm -hmm. mountain here stop soon it's just so bad but it was very funny uh so yeah within it i thought a lot of funny stuff in general uh i don't know that it was overall uh in overall held up but in general uh, i thought it was fun yeah and i think i actually probably liked this more than a lot of people did i thought this was uh you know i thought that it was a funny idea and uh it was uh i i i did enjoy it there was a couple you know a couple of funny lines about you know look at me look in my eyes uh like i'm <laughs> yes. in the middle oh, yeah, okay i'm in the middle she's on the right wait hold on uh, I, I also do like that the the fred sort of brand of comedy of there's they're never even calling out why lewis wants to have a threesome but basically just have sex with clark like there's no there's no why to this it's just 
that's their take on Lewis and Clark. And we're going to play it out, which is very fun. Okay. Uh, so it's also the return of Andy Samberg. Uh, and he's here for this digital short, uh, which I guess is part of this upcoming movie uh, that he's doing. The pop star. Yes. Pop star. Never stop. Never stopping, which opens on June 3rd. So not a big surprise that he's back to, to promote uh, the movie that's coming up. Uh, which, you know, which, and, uh, I thought this was fun. I, I thought this, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that Vanessa Bayer is becoming queen of the pre-tape. I think she was such a perfect casting alongside him to be the sweet, nice girl that wants to be effed like we effed Osama bin Laden. Uh, uh, similar to one of the, I think the review on Hitflix that I was reading, I, I think that for this piece itself, it didn't necessarily go anywhere once we set it up. Um, but still really good energy, good editing, a lot of fun sort of energy to it and cameos, you know, people showing up overall. I, I, I definitely liked it. I don't know that I needed to see it a second time, but in general, it was fun. Now, was this the first appearance in season 41 of Jay Farrow as Obama? It's funny. I wrote the same thing down. I was just going to mention that it's so crazy that our <laughs> sitting president got almost no screen time on SNL this year. Yeah, there, isn't that yeah. Nuts? yeah, it was very crazy when he showed up. I was like, oh, wow, that wow, I haven't seen him in ages. It was very yeah. surprising. Yes. We, and we did not see the Fred Armisen Obama either. Remember right. that? Oh, yes. Yes. That that I that I'm happy to forget. I think that was uh, I, I don't think that's a character we needed to see. Yeah. I wonder for whatever reason, did Obama get less screen time in eight years than any other president during the run of their presidency during SNL? You know, that's a good question. I'm thinking through. Yeah, that is probably I wonder I'd want to go back and see who was playing Jimmy Carter and how mm -hmm. much Jimmy Carter got. But I would say this season is probably a record for uh, president uh, coverage of uh, on SNL. Definitely. Yeah. OK, uh, let's go into then uh, the regime sketch, uh, which comes up. And uh, here we are. It's the return of Regine. Rich, do you recall Regine prior to this? Oh, I absolutely do. I absolutely remember Regine. Regine is a character that I did not need to see again. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a sketch that, you know, for for a lot of we haven't seen it since 2013, which was Fred's last year. Uh, mm -hmm. They lasted it on the Christoph Waltz episode in February. Um, so it was a reoccurring character. It is absolutely mad libs. I mean, literally down to Regine orders a fancy drink someone else says that sounds good i'll have it too and then she says well in that case i don't want it like it's it's, it's that level of mad libs and it always starts with you know watch what happens when i kiss her neck and so so it's completely mad libs that said this is a performance piece this is going to be much more of a performance piece than a writing piece uh there certainly was some clever lines but overall we're watching fred lose it uh, and then to see uh, Jason Sudeikis was, again, a huge burst of energy. Crowd goes crazy, uh, well-deserved and, and understandably goes crazy. And I think that as much as Fred Armisen was very funny in this, Sudeikis was really sort of the lifeblood of the energy of, of the sketch in a very good way. Yeah, you know, I had watched one of the previous ones before we came on. And this was also they did it in the Daniel Craig episode, which I think was one of the memorably bad episodes of SNL that we've talked about over the last few years. And I wonder if maybe what made Regine pop here today was sort of like the inclusion of another funny person as 
the date of Regine as opposed to Daniel Craig or Christoph Waltz. Exactly. I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's meant for a straight man, but it actually works when you've got a high energy person, uh, you know, and there's just there's that great Sudeikis moment when they basically tell Regine you should leave. And Sudeikis gives the classic Sudeikis. And it's just such it's such a great like it's just it's just just the the whole room is electric when he does that. Uh, And clearly, as someone was saying uh, in uh, in our uh, on the on the boards before the show that, you know, it really shows how committed Sudeikis is. There's you know, how great is it when clearly by accident, Fred Armisen puts his foot and his shoe gets in the in the guacamole dip. And when Vanessa Bayer calls it out, Sudeikis is like, nope. And he just puts he puts a chip in the guacamole and eats it. And that gets a little bit of a laugh from the other cast members. And then he just scrapes some guacamole off of the shoe and eats it. And I was like, Sudeikis is in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like that the foot in the guac is uh, th- that's not uh, scripted. That's improvised. I think so. It didn't seem because I did watch the sketch twice. It didn't look like he was sort of aiming for it. Mm-hmm. You didn't see the kind of like if that was a bit, you might have seen him more kind of like leaning in a specific direction. It seemed like his leg was just sort of flailing and it landed there. So I could be wrong, but I, I don't think that was necessarily planned. I just wonder, like with the food, if Sudeikis knows to eat it, it's OK to eat it. Like every time you have food in a scene on us, is it always real food? Like how does uh, like uh, Sudeikis not know it's fake guacamole, some sort of prop guac? I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that those things generally you can tell from the beginning of the scene. Um, you know, uh, you, you can kind of see the the plan of like, you know, if if the sketch starts and the actors are eating, then mm-hmm. you've got a pretty good sense if they're just sitting there and there's food on the table and no one's referring to it. We'll see. I'd love to hear from uh, from someone who was at the dress. I mean, that would really tell us everything. If uh, if the guac happened in the in the dress as well, as well, that would be interesting. Yeah, That would be great to know. Let us know on Twitter at Rich Tack at Rob Sesternino if you uh, happen to catch that. Also, I felt like that it was really funny that, you know, the people that were breaking in this scene uh, where AD and Vanessa are really starting to lose it as this scene yeah. is going is going on. And it was it really did feel like, OK, here are the veterans here, are like, uh, you know, the college, the college guys, uh, you know, come home. And it's sort of like the people that are in the current cast are just like they can't control themselves like that. That's how good these guys are. Yeah. And Vanessa breaking, I thought was notable because, you know, Vanessa rarely breaks and sometimes she'll get the giggles a little bit. I don't really remember her breaking since uh, I think Kristen Wiig was hosting a long time ago. Um, She didn't sort of just break. She completely was like screaming and laughter during one of her lines, which was great, which was interesting that she was in the last regime gene sketch in 2013 Mm. and she with bill Hader as her boyfriend and Hader was losing it but she held it together perfectly so i to me it's it's the people that don't normally break that when they start to break you know it's funny and that's that's really good okay rich let's talk about uh farewell mr bunting so this was a sketch when it was like boy i was just like oh this is going on forever what are they doing here and like certainly i love bobby moynihan i think he was great everyone in it was great they did did such a good job of taking their time to set the table to say this is you know this is a dead poet society this is sort of archetype characters and it was just and for me just at the point where i was starting to go okay maybe we should wrap this up boom hilariously funny hilariously <laughs> funny great I, yeah, yeah great 
I was laughing out loud, like literally uh, when this happened. And it's just such a like, uh, you know, it, big. Mo- I mean, it was shot beautifully. It was acted completely straight. There's not a giggle before that until you get to that point. And it's just like there's so much like suspense, 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 suspense. And then all of a sudden in that one moment, all the air comes out of the balloon. And it really was uh, a moment. And not only was it fun acting and fun directing, but also the editing was really strong because once we see the head, it's a very quick, it's the head and then it's tossed and then the blood and then the fan and then out the window and then the mower. And then it's just, it really was just like a boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, that moment of like, all right, well, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, uh, you guys got my email address, right? So it was just, and, and we were out. I mean, it was, there wasn't a big prologue to go on uh, in general, just very funny. Yeah, it really was very, very funny uh, that if for some reason you have not seen this sketch, uh, find a way to watch it. Uh, it's on Hulu, uh, NBC.com. Do they have those? I don't know. Yep. You, you, yeah. you, yes. you know, you'll, you can find it pretty easily. And it really was wonderful. I mean, uh, just the line reading uh, in the sketch. Uh, who's reading the poem from? Is that Beck Bennett? Reading it was the Beck poem? Bennett. Oh, that and and that was the point where I was sort of going, uh, when it was like poetry shouldn't be fun. It's meant for women and homosexual. And I was just like, oh, this is a little on the nose for me. And so I was just getting a little. But then just what well, you know. And then once they get into the, I sing my song for all to hear. I was like, oh boy. And but just boy, what a great, what a great turn. So funny. So funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's bring in uh, James if he is uh, up and ready to talk about the music from the season finale. Uh, James, how, how are you doing? You don't have a ceiling fan uh, at your place, do you? No ceiling fans here. I think I'm safe. Okay, good. All right. Uh, James, let's talk about the season finale music. Courtney Barnett. Yes. And was I, I was super excited when I uh, found out that she was going to be on the show. I think it's her first national appearance in the U.S. I don't think that she's done any other of the major talk shows or anything. I think this is the first exposure that she's gotten. And uh, she's, uh, she's had a remarkable year. She's, uh, this is, she's still supporting her debut record. Uh, the the one thing that you might have heard was that she was nominated for a Grammy this year for Best New Artist. She didn't win, but uh, but other than that, uh, kind of out of the blue for Courtney Barnett to land on the season finale. Uh, she's an a young Australian woman, and uh, and so she's yeah she put out a great record called Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. Uh, uh, about a year, eighteen months ago. Catchy title. She's great at titles too. Uh, the the first song is called uh, Nobody Really Cares If You Don't Go to the Party. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I just it's been it feels like it's really been a while when we've just had a band uh, like a really good tight rock band just come in and and just rip up the SNL stage. Uh, you know, it sort of reminded me of the old days. It's funny as much as I know there's a lot been a lot of punk rock bands on SNL with that very lo-fi sound and look. It reminded me of when I was a kid and Elvis Costello being on Saturday Night Live. It had that kind of like nerdy but still very anti-establishment just sort of just going crazy. Yeah, and and really good but just high energy, simple, straightforward, uh, you know, and and we've gotten a lot of sort of elaborate either 
uh, people bringing a 20 piece band or there's an elaborate setup or whatever. And especially being, uh, you know, so young and just having the confidence to just be like three piece band, we're just going to come out and rip these two songs off and, you know, we're going to make a million new fans. Yep. Okay. James, anything else from the musical performance? Uh, I just thought, uh, you know, I just thought both songs were really good. You know, uh, I, I, somebody asked about, uh, about her being related to Chrissy Hine from the pretenders in the, uh, in the chat room. She is not, uh, <laughs> although, you know, musically there might be some lineage back to, uh, bands like the pretenders or, or, uh, the white stripes, even, uh, even the kinks, I get sort of a Ray Davies yeah. vibe from uh, from her sometimes too. Uh, she should be putting out a new record potentially even later this summer. So uh, do check out the first one, and uh, and I think she's going to be on the rise, and her second record is going to get a lot of attention. So okay. I also I also heard uh, I think Leslie Jones said on Twitter that apparently Courtney Barnett played the entire after party. So it sounded Whoa. like a really fun after party. Obviously, the season finale after parties are legendary. And uh, apparently, Courtney and Barnett played the whole thing. So that sounds like a hell of a good time. Awesome. You know, James, while you're here, I figure, uh, why don't we talk about the last sketch of the night? Rich, you, you sure. got that? Talk about yeah, the absolutely. One, I was the thinking the same one. thing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Harkin Brothers, where we have this uh, big uh, Southern rock band uh, from the 70s. Uh, and uh, this really fun sketch of everybody together on stage at once we know fred armison likes to play and uh we have basically um not really a very funny sketch but definitely uh a, a, a musical sketch uh rich what's the precedent for something like this well i mean you know the the blue jean connect the blue jean committee i think it was called uh you know was something that that he did although that had more comedy in it and then he did on his on the 2013 season finale which was his last show they did the rock band or the punk rock band which was more like this and you had sudeikis on drums and it was them just playing a song there wasn't necessarily any comedy to it the way this was set up i thought this is going to be an homage to somebody leaving the show is this going to be a Keenan thing is this going to be like oh this is somebody's sort of but no it was just them just jamming I think it was really just a chance for the whole the whole cast to be on stage and just sort of have some fun yeah uh James what do you think of the music uh well I thought it was an odd choice I I think the song was fine and uh and they had some a couple of notable guests Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia yep was uh was right behind Fred and uh and she's uh, also from uh, Sleater Kinney, one of the greatest rock bands in history. And uh, but she wasn't playing, and I don't think anyone was actually playing live. No, uh, I just wasn't sure what was happening, or I kept, I, you know, there were there were several sketches throughout the night that you sort of, as they started the Lewis and Clark sketch and the Mister Bunting sketch, and where it was like, oh, okay, what what's the turn going to be? And and so I, I was waiting for the comedy turn on the sketch and then it kind of didn't come. And then it was like, oh, I, I guess they all just wanted to dress up and do this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a real who's who. I mean, you have Larry David is there. Uh, Andy yeah. Samberg Sam. is there and that was a surprise because you figured okay well he probably just like uh, you know either came in for the pre-taped or just did the pre the right pre-tape beforehand 
And uh, anybody else of note, Rich? I, I mean, I like the fact that Colin and Michael Che were both in it, too. So you got mm-hmm. the Weekend Update anchors showing up. So you're really getting everybody showing up. And, you know, John Rudd was there, which is very possibly his last performance on SNL. So I'm glad he got to be on stage and have a good time with everybody. It was, it was uh, Maya Rudolph sang, oh, yeah, Maya Rudolph, uh, yeah. which I think was funny. But to be honest with the mix, I couldn't totally hear. I could tell she was saying some funny things things but i couldn't really tell you what she was saying Mm -hmm. okay well fun fun stuff uh james thanks again for all your hard work here in season 41 thank you very much for having me okay uh you could follow james keese the editor of exclaim magazine at exclaim editor and also uh he loves to hear your thoughts about the toronto raptors (laughs) Certainly do even scott st pierre is on the bandwagon now (laughs) <laughs> you guys won him, won him over okay all right take care james bye-bye Thanks, all right. guys. bye all right rich let's talk about weekend update and the final update of the season and again it's a season where uh shay and just we had our doubts about them coming into season 41 but it was a season where i feel like they quieted the doubters yeah, I mean, for me, I would say this episode was indicative, It, you know, in that, you know, it started strong with the two of them. Uh, but I would say the last run for me was kind of a miss for the mm-hmm. most part. So I sort of felt like they they certainly are competent at times. They are hilarious. Uh, I don't know that they've settled in yet to sort of say that they have arrived, but they're certainly, I mean, I think that a lot of what they're doing is often better than what uh, Colin, I'm sorry, what Seth Meyers was doing by himself. Uh, So I think the bar is not as, as high as other people. Um, But I, but yeah, a lot of good jokes at the beginning, a lot of good interplay at the beginning and the end, they kind of lost me. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what comes up in uh, any of our season recap podcasting in terms of a uh, weekend update. Okay. Uh, so we got off to a, a pretty good start. I felt like that uh, they came out once again, hot to open up update. Yeah. Very good start. Uh, you know, a lot of funny style. I love the idea that, you know, that uh, the NRA supported Donald Trump because they must not have done a background check. Very well done joke. Really nice piece to it. Uh, and, and then I thought Colin had a nice run comparing Donald Trump to guns and all that was funny. Uh, I thought they then tossed it to Che talking about how that, you know, that, you know, the NRA thinks that Hillary Clinton wants to take away their guns. This did not work for me. Mm -hmm. I I, I was kind of like, it was kind of the more than actual funny. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know. I think Hillary Clinton does kind of want to take away some of the guns. And, and I think that's part of it. And, and I actually agree, but you know, it's, there's a little bit of that too. So I don't know that the jokes were as cutting as the first jokes, but in general it was really fun. And then when we got back to the, uh, the Chris Christie's approval rating (laughs) dropping so low, it was 10 points lower than Bon Jovi playing the new stuff. Yeah. I thought garbage. That was a fantastic (laughs) joke. Fantastic. And then higher than uh, his, <laughs> his, his belts pants are at his, an all-time high. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Okay, so, all right. So, the first visitor to the update desk, Maya Rudolph, is here as uh, the impeached president of Brazil. 
Yeah, you know, I joked Dilma. last week about Dilma. I joked last week that I was surprised that fellow uh, Drake as a Canadian, fellow Canadian Marty Short didn't show up to promote the Marty and Maya show, which is a Broadway video. Lauren Michaels produced uh, NBC sketch show, sketch variety show, which uh, premieres on the 31st of this month. So here, clearly, uh, Maya was here to do that for him. Uh, and I thought this was really fun. I mean, at the end of the day, to me, this was just a female big poppy uh, on Weekend Update. We're really just, you know, just saying a little bit of a ridiculous accent and it had me laughing, had me laughing every time. So it was all I thought it was all really fun. Yeah, what went on a bit. What? I thought this was a little long. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although the last end about the uh, about the um, about the Olympics, I thought was very funny. I thought that they they instead of just cutting it earlier, they could have cut the middle a little bit. Mm-hmm. But just talking about the you know about the stuff that they were dealing with, uh, um, you know about that they're still building the baby. They have to get all the all the dookies out of the river. Uh, the human dookies, one million, yeah, one million, one million human dookies, and the it's it's BYOB. Bring your old building. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I like that she kept calling him a juicy baby. Uh, it was so so a lot of fun stuff here. Okay, and then one more time. Here's Willie. What is this? Three or four times for Willie? I think it's the thirty seventh appearance in twenty one <laughs> episodes. I felt like this was this was the ca- the cast and the writer saying we can't end the season without the post show recaps podcast having one solid. Uh, boy. <laughs> Uh, boy. Can you say it like Dilma Rousseff? Oh, oh boy! I, I gotta, I gotta say it like my tongue is mad at the rest of my mouth. Uh, boy, boy, oh, oh, boy! I felt like even, I felt like even Michael Che wanted to say, oh, boy, what are we really? We're doing this. Uh, very, very. But do strange. we feel like this was a Keenan send off episode? No, no right? not yeah. at all. That's what was strange. If Keenan does leave, I would be like, of all the things he could have done, he did Willie. That makes no. Sudeikis was there to do the Running Man. In what up with that? Mm-hmm. Come on. So yeah, very strange. I mean, how long have we been podcasting about this show? What, like four years now that we've four, been talking about this? And I feel like I think, that's been the ongoing through line of this podcast has been: is Kanan leaving? Is Kanan, exactly, is Kanan exactly. Yeah, it is actually. We're finishing our fifth year of podcasting <laughs> oh this God. show. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Kanan is the longest running cast member in the history of the forty-one years of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> he is the longest running cast member, replacing Daryl Hammond uh, before. For him in fairness probably his best year mm-hmm. right? <laughs> this was a big turnaround year for me we'll talk about it when we do the season recap Took 13 uh, years but he's peaking at the right time you you might remember at the end of last year i was praying to the god in heaven that keenan retire and yet i thought keenan brought so much funny to this season willie accepted yeah oh uh, now the performance of willie a plus. If you're going to do Willie, Keenan brings it. Uh, but I just was like, really? Why Willie? I don't know. And it was so 
We get it. We know all the jokes. No surprises. Uh, and we're just waiting for it to end. He's the Carol of the Walking Dead of SNL. There you uh, go. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's go into uh, let's leave update and let's talk about uh, Fred Armisen escaping in the escape hatch <laughs> and then having to go through the whole menu of different things. Um I felt like this was fun, but it seemed very short. Yeah, although I will say it took us almost two minutes to get to the joke. They really mm-hmm. did. And in a good way, I mean, it, the sketch itself was interesting enough that the setup was uh, it didn't. I wasn't sitting there going, oh, my God, what's the joke? It was like, OK, this is interesting. interesting. Where is it going? And it really took a while, even to the point where the safety harness coming down took forever. So when it finally asks him if he would like a meal and he's, he says yes, and then he's got to choose which meal he wants i was like oh yeah this is good stuff and and mm-hmm. a very silly again very obvious jokes very you know oh i can't believe it i why would i think about a beverage well i'll get the the, the milkshake i'll get that like it's very funny and then i think what worked really well with this even if it wasn't hilarious is that once we really had kind of like okay we've got okay what what do you want your chair to be what's your in-flight movie get out we 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 got it there's really nowhere else we can go we see him getting the massage and uh, and getting uh, and drinking a milkshake and then he uh, drives into the sun yeah what did you think about the movie selection in terms of funny movie choices? Uh, City Slickers 2. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's it really uh, you can tell that probably Fred wrote this or someone like Steve Higgins, uh, because clearly one of the 20 something writers did not think <laughs> of City Slickers 2, the legend of Curly's gold. It is somebody <laughs> my age who wrote that joke. Uh, so within that, I like that. That's like, oh, as, as my friends are dying, I'm going to watch City Slickers. Uh, Rich, I also felt like that the the music cue at the end was the music from City Slickers. Tell me, it might. <laughs> I, I actually, it's funny because I, I I'd have to ask James. I thought so too, but I'm not a City Slickers aficionado to it tell you. But familiar, I think, and I, I, I think, think it think might that's have been. What I think it was. I think it might have been. Also on uh, Twitter, a number of people commenting silly technical mistake when the uh, pod door cue closed. So, so you could see the cue cards in the window, which again, live TV. That to me, that's very mm-hmm. fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other sketch uh, that we haven't talked about is the uh, Woodbridge High School improv uh, troupe doing their America the Beautiful question mark. Yeah, this is the fourth time we've done this in, With I think, two years. Intentional? Yeah, it was a little intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little... Um, I mean, they did it well for what it is, but it, the first time that we saw it, I think Reese Witherspoon was the very first one, and it was so funny, and it would just making fun of liberal pretentious white kids in school as i probably said two years ago when they first did this i used to work across the street or actually next door to a white well not that white but a, a private liberal school in los angeles and we used to see the kids at the at the different stores in our area and it was so exactly these kids that said I don't necessarily know that there was that much to do that was new and different. I think mm-hmm. the last time we did it with Elizabeth Banks and the twist that they did is they actually gave Keenan and Vanessa a lot of the really funny jokes, which made it really good. Um, this one was a mix. There was some funny there, uh, but it was cute. I, I did like I will say I did like the uh, with a grocery store that rich people uh, shop at and they're ordering, uh, you know, a Hollywood body an innocent verdict and one general election. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. 
I also uh, we got Larry David in there. So again, he, yep. he's up for up for anything here uh, with this SNL uh, season forty one. Uh, yet Keenan up on the stage here, but um, yeah, nothing uh, nothing super memorable to write home about here right i like the idea that when vanessa says like where or i can't remember who said what like one of them says where do they think this is going to get them they go actually they all got into nyu i was like "Mm -hmm, perfect love it love it yeah okay uh rich let's talk about some of these goodbyes yeah i mean just you know this was an absolute no moat goodbye uh you know we see you know we know andy samberg is in the house which is great you know half the people are still in their harkin brothers wardrobe uh you know very odd that we see uh you know during fred's you know little you know thank yous uh leslie jones is uh taking a picture when we come from commercial and then showing the photo on her cell phone to someone else so clearly felt like a party going on a lot of a lot of big hugs a lot of fun yeah uh for leslie jones uh who tore her achilles looks like she's moving around okay yeah doing good i uh, mean acl yeah. right yeah exactly yeah you know uh you know i would say for me very strange this episode that given that the potentially big movie of the summer is going to be ghostbusters which is kate mckinnon and leslie jones and alum Kristen Wiig, as well as other, I, I think Cecily Strong has a part in it. And uh, very surprising that we had no sort of shout out to that in some sketch, some cameo, some reference. Very surprising, uh, maybe because it's not a Broadway video movie, but uh, still surprising. For is me. there anything you think to that? Do you think that anybody is trying to distance themselves from it because uh, it has not been really uh, having a lot of popularity on the Internet? Uh, you know, it could be. I mean, there was one thing that was uh, as a side note. I was listening to a podcast, an interview, and uh, Matt Walsh from Veep, UCB founder mm-hmm. Matt Walsh, was uh, was being interviewed about Veep, and then they asked him about Ghostbusters, and he made a very clear point to say, uh, "I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing it." Which I thought that's a bad sign. He said it, I think, twice or maybe three times. I haven't seen it yet, so I thought uh, I thought that was very surprising. Uh, I will mention Scott St. Pierre in the chat room. Is, what, is that code? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's uh, that is that is often code for. I'm not going to tell you how funny it is because I know it's actually not funny. And I so this is my way of of no comment. I this is my easy no comment. I haven't seen it yet. Now you were on the set. You know plenty of people are on it. If you thought it was hilarious, you wouldn't say I haven't seen it. You would say yeah, it was so fun to do. We had such a good time making it. I, I it's going to be a great movie. Mm. And the fact that he said that is often, but not always, often code for I take the fifth. Mm. So we'll see. Um, as Scott St. Pierre does mention in the chat room, they uh, from a marketing standpoint, Ghostbusters and, and the studio was running ads for it throughout the uh, throughout the show, including right up, I think, after post monologue. So they were clearly buying the ad time, knowing this is their target audience, but did not get any SNL love. OK, uh, then. Rich, uh, we got a couple of questions here in uh, the chat. Uh, people uh, really want to know more about John Radinsky. Uh Coach <laughs> wants to say, uh, were you guys disappointed that we didn't see the the great John Radinsky characters in the final episode? Yeah, I think that uh, I think he had a great year. I think it'll make a great moth story for him. I think, you know, he'll you know, this will elevate him to go on and do other things. I would be surprised if he's back next year. Mm-hmm. You know, now you never know. Lorne and producers 
They do make choices based on what they perceive as the long-term health of the show. It's not about whose Q rating is higher or who had the bigger things that they really do take. I, I believe a more holistic look at what their the, what the, you know, the next few years looks like. I just don't think that John Rudnitsky uh, checked any boxes for them. He didn't have any breakout characters. He wasn't a reliable straight person. He didn't fill a role that, that nobody else filled. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, he will be the Brooks Whelan of season 41. Glad to have him. Did a nice job. Seems like a nice guy. It was nice knowing you. Okay. Uh, Mike Bloom, the great Mike Bloom said, uh, how did the last sketch of the night compare to Fred's farewell sketch back in 2013? Well, similarly, it was a, it was really a, it was a, a performance. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a comedic sketch. It was, uh, it was them doing the characters from they, they had done these, uh, these uh, punk rock characters from a pre-taped earlier in the season and they brought them back to do a live sketch. So, uh, so I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how this gets sold to Lorne as what if we just do an Allman Brothers band piece that isn't actually funny? I, I don't know how that happens, but why not? Brendan Fitzpatrick wants to know where does Armisen fall in terms of returning alumni? Surprise top five entrant? Yes, yeah, certainly from a booking standpoint. Now, when you get into the booking, I believe Saturday Night Live does have more to say about something like that. So, you know, when you if you discard alumni like Sarah Silverman or Chris Rock, who technically were in the cast, but did not sort of make themselves known. Fred Armisen, it was, a, I, you know, I think for me, probably Andy Samberg uh, hosting the season finale from two years ago was a bigger surprise because I felt like he had distanced himself even more uh, and was sort of uh, going in his own sort of direction away from uh, away from Broadway video and from Saturday Night Live. So that was a, a shocker for me. But certainly Fred clearly still in the family Portlandia produced by Lauren Michaels late night with Seth Meyers produced by Lauren Michaels. So clearly still in the family, but, uh, but not the person you would book. I mean, just booking Sudeikis would have been a bigger uh, uh, announcement and Sudeikis does have a show in the fall. So I think there's a very good chance we could see a season premiere uh, with, uh, with guest host, Jason Sudeikis. What's his show? Uh, it is called, it is a weird show where he plays an animated character in a live action show. It is called uh, son of Zorn. It will air on Fox uh, oh, next like year. He Man show exactly. Yeah. He does the voice of basically an animated He Man in the real world with Cheryl Hines as his real world wife or girlfriend mm. or something like okay. that. So uh, the racing source says uh, seeing Sudeikis made me realize he does still care about the show for a while. I thought he tried to distance himself as much as he could. Rich, did you get that? Did he try? Did he have any resentment towards SNL? Uh, I don't know if I would say resentment, but I would agree 100 percent. He you know, he left the same season as Fred Armisen, which was this very big deal. Uh, you know, Jason didn't announce it till over the summer. Uh, and then he did not come back for cameos for a long time. It might have been this season. Uh, I think he came back in March to play Mitt Romney. Um, yeah. It might have been the first or maybe maybe it was the second time since he what had about left. The 40th anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was back for that. I almost discount that. Uh, yeah, really. You know, almost everybody came back for that. So but in general, he has not been an alum that really shows up that much. So uh, especially early on, I think he really decided to take a break from SNL. So I, I, I agree with with that statement. OK. All right. So 
That'll do it for this week's recap of the Fred Armisen episode. Uh, Rich and I are going to take a little bit of a uh, a week or, or so off from the SNL recapping, and then we're going to come back and do some sort of season 41 recap show and take some of your questions and your feedback along the way. Uh, you can send us questions SNL at postshowrecaps.com. That's the email address. You can send us in uh, questions about everything. Uh, Rich, any other thoughts about this show going into the feedback show? Uh, I think a great way to end. I like that, you know, we'll talk about the season overall, end on a high note, end with a party, end with great energy. Got to see some old faces that were welcome returns. Got to see some new faces, you know, newer faces have some fun, uh, you know. Uh, so I think a nice way to end uh, the season, I think how the season fares as it relates to the last few years, we'll talk about in a few weeks. But overall, a lot of fun and and just a, just left me with, you know, those those closing chords just get me every time. Never so more than a season finale and ever so more than a season finale that was well done. A, a great end to the to the year. OK. All right. Well, thanks so much uh, to you guys who joined us here live today and for all of these shows. And thanks so much to James Keast. Uh, for all his work along the way and for Scott St. Pierre uh, getting all these live shows ready to go and then posting the podcast up on postshowrecaps.com. You could subscribe, of course, to uh, the uh, Post Show Recaps podcast feed, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes or for the SNL podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. Uh, Rich, anything uh, now that you're back from vacation, anything in particular you're working on? Nope, just getting back back to work, doing some more storytelling in the L.A. area and just just getting the job done. OK, you follow Rich on Twitter. He's at Rich Tack. I am at Rob Sister. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye bye.